You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. And in today's episode, I am sitting down with Cheryl. Cheryl is one of our certified coaches, and she reached out to me for a coaching session. When we started our conversation, Cheryl was fairly uncertain as to what is it that will lead her to create the success that she wanted to create in her new coaching career. She's already a midwife and she wants to expand her horizons in being able to work with 60 clients every other month. If you have doubted yourself, if you have had a real concern in putting yourself out there, if you have a real concern in being able to manage your uncertainties and manage your fears around becoming a coach or transitioning into a new career or being able to just simply express yourself fully, this conversation is for you. If you're going to interact with clients that are going through transitions, are going through changes and are feeling unsafe, are feeling fearful about certain circumstances in their life, this is a conversation for you. So today you're getting behind the scenes look of me coaching Cheryl through her fears that were stopping her to create the most beautiful life that she wants for herself. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Yeah, where are you located? I'm in Colorado. Nice. I love your background. What is that? Is that your company name? Uh, Yep, that's my brand, Your Thriving Pregnancy. And, you know, I'm a midwife, so I've got all midwife paraphernalia everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. It looks really, really cool. Oh, thank you. How's your day been as of now? It's been good. Yeah. How has it been? Took a walk, ate breakfast, did some little minor tasks. So it's been good. And here we are. And here we are. Thank you. So Cheryl, uh, we like to focus our conversation for the podcast on a particular thing. So if I was to ask you what will make this conversation a great conversation for you, what would you say? Is there something that you've reflected on already where you feel like, well, I really want to talk about this or this is an area of concern for me or an area of desire and ambition for you that you'd like to focus on today? I knew you were going to ask this. <laughs> so I've been thinking about it and I'm launching my business this year. It's been you know, about two years since the idea started and how I wanted to serve the world um, really manifested. And this year I'm launching it. And I was just really reflecting on this piece around like walking this path of like trust, faith, and hope for so long. And now that I'm actually like at the precipice of maybe jumping off the cliff or, you know, actually being able to run the business, (laughs) it almost feels like there's something that isn't in congruence, I guess. This year has been a lot about like just remembering that I have all this to offer the world and all of these pieces around running an online business is really different than an in-person practice. And it has made me go down a path of like learning a lot of new skills and 
you know, just different things that I didn't need when I was running my in-person, or I am still running my in-person practice. But I think it's also really scary. Mm. Yeah, there's a piece around not only walking into the world and giving myself and giving what I want to serve and how I want to serve the world, but there's also this piece around like, will I be okay through this process? Will I, you know, be able to take care of my relationships and the things I want to care for in like the most integrity, I guess? Cheryl, would you want to explore these two fears? What I'm hearing as you're explaining what's happening for you right now is the first piece that I hear is there was some inherent fear around moving your business or elements of your business online. And the second fear that I hear is, will you be okay? Two fears are a lot of fears to focus on for 45 minutes. Do those sound like primary fears, fears that are really stopping you or feels like they might be in the path of your desire? Yeah, I think so. All right. Let's explore them a little bit. Let's understand these fears a little bit better. The good thing is that you at least know what your fears are. That's great. That's already a great jumping point or starting point for us to actually start exploring and try to figure out what we can possibly and potentially do that can help you get us past this fear. Let's take our second fear first. The second fear that you talked about was, will you be okay during this process and through this process? Will your relationships will be okay? Maybe your friendships will be okay. Maybe you personally would be okay or not. Cheryl, what does being safe look like for you? What are some of the elements that tell you that I'm safe? Mm. I think some of the elements that tell me that I'm safe are, I get the opportunity to rest, (laughs) which as a midwife, that sometimes can feel like a luxury. (laughs) (laughs) And I also get the opportunity to explore um, the things that I'm interested in. I've got so many interests in the world and, you know, sometimes it feels like they don't match or they're not the same thing, but we're all allowed to have hobbies and things that don't necessarily like serve in any other purpose, but to just bring us joy. And so I think that that's also something that makes me feel okay and safe that I can really just explore those things. And also the time to play and the time to like mess up and make mistakes. Mm -hmm. That opportunity to mess up and make mistakes really, you know, whether it's something as simple as gardening, like I don't depend on my garden to feed me, but, you know, being able to explore and to play and plant things and have it not work out and just be okay with that. And as a metaphor for the rest of life, to be able to plant something and have it not work out okay and wind up okay on the other side of that. Oh, there's something around that. Mm. So what I'm hearing is it's time and space and comfort. Like if I have to like capture it to be able (laughs) to pursue what really gives you joy, which seems like a very fair request. It seems like a really fair request of, of life. Like that's the kind of life we want to have, right? Why is it or where is it that it sits with you that having an online business will take away space from you? What is informing that narrative? Because that seems like that's why you're fearful mm-hmm. of maybe some online elements that you want to add to your business or, or maybe make all of your business online, that somehow having an online business means you don't have time or you won't have time or that you will not be able to pursue your hobbies. Where does that stem from? Or, or what is it that informs you this? Ah, as you're asking that, it was the learning curves that just keep coming up. The learning curves around automating systems around making sure that, you know, that I can offer myself into the online spaces on social media without 
draining myself. And so that piece around, you know, coming out into the online world, (laughs) you know, of course, like I network, I meet with people and that all feels very nourishing, but there's something about just putting yourself out there in social media and maybe not getting any feedback about how it is or isn't or, (laughs) and not feeling like those relationships are there yet. Like I know that they can come, but I'm very like relationship oriented, you know, as a midwife, that's like my whole business is about being in relationship with people and really creating that connection and trust and doing that in an online space has felt trickier to me and figuring out all these pieces around automation and systems and, (laughs) you know, where to gather people and things like that. Just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, those those things spin me out a little bit. They just kind of keep my wheels turning and I'm like, yeah, but I just want to have one place where we can all hang out and just gather and connect, you know? I hear you. I hear you. Do you recall when you first started being a midwife, how that was the first experience for you when you studied to be one? Was it like instant to you? You were like, oh yeah, I know everything. Or was it a learning curve? Yeah, it was definitely a learning curve. Okay. And I have to say that when I graduated midwifery and started looking for my own clients, until that first person actually hired me, I almost didn't believe that I was a midwife yet. Mm. And there's something around this online business too, until, you know, I can offer my services and actually have that be accepted by someone and reciprocated. There's something around, like, I don't actually believe that it's real yet because I'm sort of putting a lot of stuff out there and then being like, well, nobody ever wants it. Then I guess it's not viable or what have you. It's not something that somebody would pick up, but. (laughs) So let's explore, Cheryl. Let's explore a little bit of what you just said from my perspective or from my lens. You said when you first graduated from your midwifery school or institute, when you went out in the world, you weren't sure you could actually do it. And then somebody hired you. But to get hired, you had to have conversations, meet people, have conversations. And then one person finally was like, you know what? Why don't you be my midwife? I really like you as a person. And then you said yes. And then you ended up being their midwife and they had a beautiful birth right? And now you were a midwife. Suddenly now this person was telling her friends who got pregnant saying, hey, you know, you got to talk to Cheryl. She's a great midwife, right? And that's kind of how your practice organically came to the place where it is probably today, right? I'm, I'm projecting a little bit, but you're nodding. So I imagine that I'm close to accurate, if not accurate, right? But that required you that initial push of finding that belief in yourself and saying, All I need really to feel safe is to actually do the job once, to be the midwife actually once, right? To have somebody first give me confidence and faith and saying, I'm going to trust you to be my midwife. And then actually helping somebody give birth is really gave you more confidence. And then you did it probably for a couple of months, couple of years, and you finally are totally comfortable in really leaning into any pregnancy, which is a very big event in somebody's life. To get that level of trust from someone is a huge deal. Do you think my assessment, my projection is fair? Yeah, I think so. Perfect. So if you think about your journey as a midwife and you reflect it in your current journey as whatever is the business that you're exploring online, we haven't even talked about what exactly is the business, but anything that you explore new in a new field, it's like that. 
It's not any different. We make it different because the tools look different because we are comfortable in a particular place right now. So you being a midwife, you're comfortable in that place. People already refer you. You probably have secured clientele or you get easy referrals, so on and so forth. So you're safe. You're comfortable. But when you try to develop a new skill, like when you develop the skill of being a midwife, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be a chance of saying, I'm going to put myself out there and for me to really find that confidence, somebody has to raise their hand and say yes to Cheryl, right? But nobody's going to raise their hand and say yes to Cheryl until Cheryl does what she did as a first-time midwife, which is to reach out and talk to people. It's the same for social media. We make social media more complicated than it needs to be. Social media is social media. It means it's about social interactions. It's about exactly what you did, what you did as a midwife, but from the comfort of your home, from the comfort of your laptop. That's the only change that is. And we make it more complicated because we start to listen to people that make it more complicated. We start to compare ourselves to saying, well, that other coach that is in the same field as me has 100,000 followers. Why should I be cared for, right? But you didn't ask that question when there were many other midwives in Colorado where you're from, right? You didn't ask that question to yourself. You didn't doubt yourself. You simply said, I want to help women give beautiful births and I want to be their midwife. Beautiful. You chose that experience and you took the path, which is the path of actual work, to really see if anybody would be giving their fate to you in a much more, let's say, something that requires a lot more trust than anything else, which is because you're dealing with birth of a newborn. It's not an easy trust to give. It's a lot of trust that goes in that. I know I have two children. We have had midwives both the times. We didn't do home birth. We tried to for the first time, but but we still have midwives both the times helping us, supporting us. And I know how important it was for my wife to find somebody she could fully trust, right? And even for me, that I could fully trust in partnership with her. Of course, it was her final call, but but it's a very important path you've already walked and learned from And all you're really doing is saying, am I willing? And that's the question for you. And I would love to hear what you think about that. But are you willing to take that path, that journey of building one-on-one relationships like you did when you started your midwife career just online? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's what I've been working on and doing. If I can share a little bit about like, what I've been doing with my business. I recently just did my first like more structured launch. I've done a couple webinars and tried to launch it a few times, but I just did my first structured launch, which had me come showing up live, interacting with the people in the group. And that just felt so much more natural to me than what I've kind of been doing or, or trying and putting myself out there in different ways, I guess that didn't quite feel like the right coat, you know, it didn't quite fit me right. Mm -hmm. And so this last one that I did, it it actually felt really good. And I did build some one-on-one relationships with people, one of whom might actually hire me as a local midwife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, I was like, but I'm putting this online thing out there. But she's like, oh, but maybe I want you to be my midwife. (laughs) And I was like, that's fine too. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it really is, this piece around building relationships and how much like I care for that and how much it is important to me and doing that in an online way that also brings value mm-hmm. and helps people feel valued in what I have to offer as well. So yeah, I think 
this first one that I just did, which I'm not putting too much pressure on that first one. I have more planned so that I can get the practice. But um, I think that that first one that I did really showed me that developing those deep relationships and being able to connect with people in that more intimate way, it felt really good. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So that's great. So let's find out. I'm going to reflect back on the question we started, which is what makes you feel safe? Right. And the answer that you reflected was time, space, uh, being able to follow your passions. And from what I'm hearing is to be able to get some clients that makes you feel safe in putting yourself out there and building an online network or online possibility for yourself. Would you say those are now an expanded version of what will make you feel safe or are we missing other elements that will make you feel safe? Well, there's a piece around like a financial grounding that helps Mm -hmm. elevate those other things as well. And even though those things are always available, they don't feel as available if their financial stability isn't there. So Mm -hmm. what is that financial number that will make you feel safe? uh, (laughs) um, Right now... Oh, this feels vulnerable to say online in the world to release this number out into the world. But right now, that number feels like 125,000 a year. And I have to admit that I have never really been very close to that ever. So I'm like, that feels like a very big number, even as I hear other entrepreneurs and people. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Cheryl, I'm going to bring your reflection to something that's very important. It's going to be important for you and everybody that is listening to this podcast. Don't worry about what people say. They are not you and you're not them. You need to find your grounding to be able to build a career for you. You're not building a career to impress them. You're building a career for your own joy, right? And it's different than everybody else's. That's just a piece to remember because I have no way to get around that topic in our coaching session, but I do want to give that to you. But I'm going to come back to your number, okay? So if let's say the number was 125,000 and I'm going to check in without really asking you how much you make right now, I'm going to make an assumption so we can work off of how these numbers should come about for you to feel safe really, right? And feeling safe number, which is a projection into the future, that is a dream number or a desired number, limits your possibility of creation right now because your set point is actually not there. Right? Your set point means it's a, it's a number that you automatically will come up with if I told you, hey, Cheryl, how much are you going to make next month? There's a number that's in your mind that popped right now as I said it, and it's not $10,000. Because if that was B, 125000 would look very easy. Right? It's probably somewhere in the range of getting to a 10000 but it's not 10000 Right? What you want to find is what's your set point first. Your set point may be 5000 6000 10000 a month. Whatever the set point is, doesn't matter. But once your set point is known, you only want to go about 10, 20% more than that, that set point to get yourself into a state of confidence so you actually can keep moving the set point. Here's what this means. Let's hypothetically assume your set point is 5000 a month, right? And if it's 5000 a month, you don't want to say, I want to make 10000 next month. Because what will happen is if you don't make 10000 you will feel you cannot make 10000 But if you said, hey, I want to make 6000 next month, you actually can come up with a plan, Cheryl, right now to make 6000 next month. You can actually say, this is what I need to do to make 6000 And when you hit 6000 if you move your set point to 7000 you can actually effectively come up with a plan to make 7000 and then 8 and then 9 and then 10 But if you try to push your number to 10 straight away, you will not find a path 
because there's no easy way to get there because it needs some testing, trying, and keep moving the set point to be able to psychologically agree, spiritually agree, and practically know how to get to 10,000, right? So firstly, your safe number, you may assume it's 125, but there's a real safe number that you make right now. So I'm not going to ask you that number because this is a public podcast, but I want you to remember that number, okay? Remember that number and then push it by 10, 20, 30%, whatever feels comfortable to you, because I don't know the number. I'm not going to say how much percentage you should move it by, but find comfort in that growth. And now, Based on that, without revealing much financial information, tell me how many clients could you potentially need to hit that number monthly in your new practice? Not your midwifery practice, but your new practice that you're building. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm I'm calculating and thinking for a moment. All right. Um, I think a successful launch right now feels like 60 people, and that would be about every other month. Mm-hmm. And so that would be, um, gosh, we would like be able to serve so many, so many folks in that way. That would be so amazing. But yeah, that would be about 60, 60 people. That's amazing. So 60 people working probably on an online course or some sort. Yes, that would be invited to our signature offer. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. 60 Which, people working with you every other month. It would support, Yes. <laughs> 60 okay. new people into our You're talking about I, because six, I'm zero, supporting one, pregnant six, right? yes I'm supporting pregnant women and so our signature offer really supports them throughout their whole pregnancy and then it really brings them into small group coaching uh, during their third trimester and postpartum so it brings it all together at the end fantastic so we yeah. need to engage 60 clients every other month leading us to about uh, 60 by 6, 360 clients about a year is what we are actually working with that we need to bring into our ecosystem for us to be able to get to a safe number in our second practice. Like the first practice is by free, the second practice, right? The reason why I'm calling it a second practice is because you're at a stage, Cheryl, where you will probably be transitioning, right? There's a stage where you have a stable income, you cannot let it go, and you need to build new source of income. To enroll 360 clients a year or more, you need to be engaging in 3,600 conversations. If I was to assume 10% of all conversations convert into sales, which is a reasonable expectation, you will probably do more than 10%, but even if you do 20, 30%, it's about still 1,000 conversations that you need to do. So that those number of conversations over the course of a year will get you 360 clients if you convert it at 30% of the conversations, which is very possible, especially because it's actually based on relationship. Right, But you need to maintain 1,000 relationships for that. And so you need to ask yourself, how many relationships do I need to open up every single week, week after week, mm. right, to get to your safe number? So the practice I want you to do, Cheryl, is I want you to write down and physically write down. Don't just do it in your head. Actually physically write down these things. What makes you safe? You've told me three key ideas. First was about space, being able to do your hobbies, being able to have time, so on and so forth, right? So write that down. Say, First line of safety that I need is this, to feel safe in this new career. The second line of safety that you need is you need some confidence to get a client in your programs, the online programs that you're developing, group coaching or otherwise. And then the third line of safety is a financial number that makes you feel safe. So there are three lines of safety that you need for you to feel safe into your new career. Now, I want you to write down, based on what we have had a conversation, based on what you know, what would you do for each of these safeties to come through, right? 
to be able to pursue your passions and have free time, you can say, hey, all of my work must be deployed in four hours a day. Now you have rest of the day completely available and you schedule those four hours. So you do high intensity work for four hours and the rest of the day is available to you for your freedom and your hobbies. The second line of safety was to get a client. So how many conversations the midwife I had to start, open, deploy, have a conversation, fail at enrollment for me to actually get my first client and use that as an example in an online environment, knowing there's a lot more potential online environment, which means the conversion is going to be a little bit lower. So if the third conversation as a midwife conversation, you were able to get your first client, well, this will take 30 because it's online and there's a potential is unlimited, right? So that's just how you measure. You go, okay, so I'm going to start 30 conversations and the 30 conversations, I must enroll one client for me to feel confident. That's okay. That's a reasonable request and you'll probably do that. But you want to find that number, okay? You want to say how many conversations, how many enrollments, right? That will make me feel like people are accepting me and this can actually work. That brings your second point of safety. The third point of safety is a financial number. Now, the financial number needs to take a little bit more time because it's a transitionary offer, right? So you might say, well, the first number of clients that will give me some sense of financial safety is to have five people in my program. Then 10, and 15, then 20, and 25, all the way to 60 every other month, right? but there will be a path to getting there. It can't be immediate because it's a new career they are building, right? It's not going to happen overnight, right? The reason why I want you to define these sets of safety and know what you need to do to get to these points of safety is because now you actually know what is making you feel unsafe and what you can do about it, right? A lot of our safety or the reasons why we don't feel safe is because we tell ourselves a story. And that story is online marketing is hard. Nobody said so. Social media takes a lot of time. Not true. Even the people who are, look really like available on social media all the time actually are not busy with social media at all because everything is created in batches and you produce it and then you take four days off. There's no way anybody is spending all their time on social media unless they are social media managers, which is a very different thing. Right? That's their career. That's like saying I coach all the time or read about coaching all the time or study personal growth or business and so forth. But that's what I do. So that's what I like to do and that's why I'm doing it. Right. But that's a very different thing. You're not a social media manager, you're a creator in a way. And so you don't need all the time on social media or on enrollment. There's only a limited amount of time you need to spend. But like any skill, like any skill, like when you became a midwife, the first grunt is going to take time because you're building a new skill. When you learned how to drive a car, when you learned how to ride a bicycle or a snowboard or whatever that was, you first took some time to learn the skill. That's what you're doing right now. You're in the mode of learning skills. So developing skills will take time, but getting comfortable with them is by knowing that you don't need to fear that you're going to lose your time on this, right? There's a curve, learning curve, like you said, right? So you need to define these things and then identify for yourself what makes you feel safe so you know when you will be safe, right? Or some measure mm -hmm. of now I feel a sense of safety, because otherwise, what tends to happen is when we don't know when we'll feel safe, we always feel unsafe. Yes, true. Right? Okay. Does something occur to you when I'm talking about these three layers of safety? Do you feel, yes, if I define it and make a plan around it, I can get to some sense of safety? Um, yes. I definitely think I can define it and create, like, yeah, that this is <laughs> when I feel safe, this is like, uh, definable, measurable moment. And I also think I need to do that for the learning curves and to just say, 
okay, I have what I need. I'm going to practice it and move forward with those learning curves. It's exactly the same as when I became a midwife because there are so many things about health and wellness and pregnancy, birth and postpartum, well, woman care that you could spend your whole life studying and learning about. And I love that. And there needs to be a point where it's like, okay, this I have enough understanding to move forward with. And this I have enough understanding to move forward with. As a little bit of a reflection, I feel like as I've been through these learning curves over the last couple of years, that I've gotten a bit shiny course syndrome, not shiny object, but shiny course, like, oh, I need to learn this thing and I need to learn that thing and I need to learn this and this. Oh, it's endless. But I have to just accept that it's endless because there's so many different ways of expression out in the world. And so to come back and to say, you know, now take the skills you've learned, practice them, bring your self-expression out to the world and let that be whole and not <laughs> not be like, oh, I need that thing and this thing. <laughs> yeah. So true, Cheryl. And you can set up yourself for, for systems that will allow you to regulate uh, when you get into those things. So let's take some examples. And I want to share these examples because these are common things that happen with a lot of coaches where they get the shiny course syndrome. I need to do this another thing. I need to update this another skill. Here's one way of regulating it. Put a budget to how much you can learn in a year before you implement something, right? So for example, you can say, hey, listen, Cheryl's going to have a budget of $4,000 for all of 2022 or $5,000, whatever the number is. The number is irrelevant, but X thousand dollars for learning for 2022, right? Now I must deploy a budget the most effective way I possibly can because I will run out of it, right? Or there's a way to extend your budget. You can say, hey, listen, you can spend up to $5,000 based on my current income. If you boost your income by 10%, you unlock another thousand. Then you boost your income by another 10%, you unlock another thousand. So there's a way you can keep spending on learning, but the learning must be utilized to generate income, right? So you're making it a game. You can make a simple money game where you say, absolutely, learn as much you want. There is no limit to it, of course. And I want to learn all the time, but I put myself through a system where I must generate my investment before I can actually go in and keep learning more because that puts me into a habit of action. If I learn something, I must implement because if I don't implement, there's no point learning. And when I do implement, I'm almost guaranteed to at least increase my income by 10 to 20%. And this is true for you too. If you implement everything that you've learned right now, your income will grow by 10 to 20%, even if you did a poor job at learning it. If you did a good job learning it and good job implementing it, you'll probably boost it by 50%, right? So even this coaching call that we are having, if you actually use what we talk about today, you will boost your income by 10 to 20%. Even if you have not even talked about your income or business building strategies, you will boost your income. And then you can say, all right, I boosted my income. Now I can invest back. It's like any investment, right? You invest, you grow, and then you invest it back, right? So that's kind of how you want to approach yourself in a learning budget environment if you feel like you're in this trap of I'm always spending and never really utilizing the information. Now you'll get out of that trap once you see this system already developing a new habit for you, right? Because once this habit is built, you will just default into it. You're like, I've learned something. I must implement it before I get the next program. Great. Let's do that. Fair enough? Yes, definitely. I love that. You put a system like that in place for yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Yes. I love that. And that was like brilliant. So I hope that everyone like took notes on that because that was just, again, it's just adding padding around it and not feeling so free floating and like, you know, jumping without a parachute or what have you. You're like, oh, I'm just adding some padding here and letting yourself work within that structure and stuff. Absolutely. And that's why the kids that grow up with structure tend to be more successful because the parents do a good job giving them structure to be able to grow within without making it a hard border, but setting good boundaries around it so they can actually develop better. And so us as grown children need those boundaries. If we don't have parents that can implement them anymore, we need our own boundaries. So you can well define it based on your current reality. Okay, the first sense of safety that we worked with or we wanted to explore and you're going to do follow-up steps towards, and I'd love to hear in a few weeks how it's showing up for you, was you feeling safe in the creation of this new environment that you're creating for yourself. From what I recall, the first sense of safety that you did not have or felt like you don't have is to put yourself out there. Would you say that was the first thing that we wanted to explore? There were two safeties that we wanted to explore. I wanted to check in on you if that is the one that is still present to you or it's a different one? Yeah, I think it was putting myself out there, but like spending my time, it, it comes back to the time piece. Mm-hmm. I'm a Leo. I don't mind putting myself out there. <laughs> I kind of like it. But also I have this piece around needing to probably create some like structure and boundaries around it because I also feel like I could spend all my time engaging and, and on social and you know, some of the groups that I follow, I'm like, gosh, I could just spend all day, <laughs> an- you know, answering questions and engaging in these ways. And yet I feel that I don't, I need to set boundaries around that, I think, as well. Just some structure. Have you ever sat with it, Cheryl, where you sat down and said, I need boundaries around A, B, C, what are my boundaries? Have you ever, ever sat with that? I'm sure I have. Let me try to think of where I've sat with that. Because <laughs> I, I create boundaries in my life. I have boundaries in my business. And like in my marriage, we have boundaries, you know, and so I have boundaries. You're talking about boundaries being set with other people. I'm talking about boundaries you set with yourself. With myself. Yeah. Yes. And I can't think of examples right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So maybe there is some boundaries that you still need to set. And definitely you need boundaries around, say, excessive media consumption, which seems like one of the things that you're alluding to. I don't know if it's true for you or not, but it seems like there might be some version of challenge there where you end up answering questions for hours and hours without actually checking in that that is not a productive approach beyond a point. And you need to have a productive approach to maintain your energy and to maintain the response and the energy that you want to give into your business so you can also deploy energy in your partnership and your friendships and other things that you do. And that may be violated just because you're violating your personal boundary. So maybe an invitation for you would be also to start identifying what do those boundaries look like? Because these boundaries that we set for ourselves is the best way to express self-love. One of the best ways to express self-love. Because if you love yourself, you will have good boundaries around protecting yourself. And if you don't have good boundaries around protecting yourself, well, we have a challenge, right? So my invitation would be to also take some time and really outline what are some of the areas where you feel challenged and are those areas of challenge mostly because you violate your own boundaries or you've never set one, which is also a possibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my boundary around social media was like I needed to stop using it for a little while or a couple of years. (laughs) like five years. (laughs) 
or if I was on it, I was like, I'm just coming in to check this one thing and then leaving. Mm -hmm. And so I think stepping back in there into the social lands, um, I'm proceeding with caution. I feel like I'm kind of tiptoeing my way back in, but I, this is where I want to engage with people, right. And connect with pregnant people, pregnant women and running an online business can be done without social, but I feel like what I'm trying to do, I really need it. (laughs) I think that's part of my resistance is around social media. Just, uh, Look, reframing this as here's the boundary that I'm creating around social media. Cheryl, when we step away from something for five years, it's not because we have set a boundary. It's because we got frustrated and burnt out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I so, mean, sure. So that's not a boundary. That's you having a, a reaction to what it was doing to you mm-hmm. after you were full from that, whatever it was doing to you at the time. So when you're stepping into it, It's not that you're fearful of stepping into it because you're borrowing from your past and saying, this burnt me before, I must tread carefully. Instead of asking yourself that you are a different person now who has better boundaries, so it cannot burn you again. It's like when a child knows a burner, if they put a hand on it, it's hot. They touch it, they go, it's fire, fire is hot. The next time, they don't have to burn themselves. They already know that if I go close enough to fire, it will burn. And they have learned their lesson the first time and they can choose to not touch the fire again, right? Our past does not define our future. Our present defines our future. Your past gave you information on how you can burn your hands at social media or excessive social media or whatever that is that happened. But that is good information that we can use to redefine what we're gonna do in present. We don't have to think that it's gonna burn us again. Because we have learned from it. We have already grown from it. And if we haven't, let's take 30 minutes, reflect on that stuff, and then we'll learn from it. And now we take it into the future. We don't have to fear something that we understand. The things we fear is what we don't understand. When we don't understand our behavior on social media, we fear that we will fall into the trap of social media. If we can understand our behavior when we are engaged in social media, we are not going to fall for the trap of social media because we know exactly what's happening and we can come out of it. Mm -hmm. Right? Making a path, finding a strategy that can work for you because of how you are as a person. Like you said, I'm a Leo. I don't have a problem being on social. Amazing. Use that. But you're also a Leo. And again, I have no idea how really astrology science works, but I'm going (laughs) to assume that means Leos get really excited about something. And when they get excited about something, they just dive two feet into it and also (laughs) head first. And so they feel overwhelmed after a little while. Well, let's use the Leo's ability of saying, hey, I'm going to go in, but I'm not going to go in with my head first because now I understand I'm a Leo. That's what I will tend to do. I'll put a good boundary around it of only an hour of creation for social media, hour of consumption of social media, two hours a day. That's all I need for all of my business to run. And you will find that you are able to create outcomes within that period. But you got to lay out those boundaries. Nobody else can do that for you because you only know you. Or another coach can who, if they work deeply with you. I'm only here with you for another 10, 20 minutes. Uh, there's only that much I can facilitate as a conversation. But what I can share with you is that you can self-coach yourself because you're already a coach. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love this. You know, it's an amazing situation because I think I was put on this earth to help people through transitions and transformation. And when I stepped into midwifery, dived with both feet in, (laughs) 
that, that, that has served me well and it has also burned me. So, <laughs> but you know, it, it's like the ultimate transformation, you know, growing another human, it's, you're transforming from the inside out, chemistry, physiology, everything is transforming. It's amazing. And being somebody who helps others through transformation, when I'm experiencing transformation, it feels more chaotic to me because I'm usually very like deady (laughs) in my world. But the opportunity for me to transform is really beautiful as well. So I don't know. I just wanted to share that. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, share my appreciation for this opportunity to, to absolutely. talk. Absolutely. And, and you're doing a phenomenal job. You're already on the path. You've already helped transform many lives for the matter, like literally help birth new lives. So you're already doing the work that you know that you are here for. You want to expand into new horizons. And I think you're ready. I think what we simply need to reflect on in what is getting into our way. My intention today was to bring your attention towards your fears and make it as real as I possibly can. The more real and well understood our fears and concerns are, easier they are to self-regulate, to self-coach, or even work with a coach a lot more powerfully because we have awareness towards what's really happening in our lives. So hopefully our conversation today brought some awareness or a lot of awareness towards what may be stopping you, what may be causing resistance in you so you can fully express yourself and help more lives be transformed. Thank you so much, Cheryl. How has this experience been for you? (laughs) It's been really a gift. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this and for creating the offer for you to share your time with me and with others. And so, yeah, I'm just really grateful for that. Thank you, Cheryl. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I would be looking forward to you sending me some more updates about how your career is transforming and how you're starting to transform more and more lives. Thank you so much for taking the time talking to me today. Have a good one. Bye. Wasn't that conversation powerful? If it was powerful for you, go ahead and give us a five-star review on any platform that you're listening this podcast on. I also want you to share this podcast with a friend, a colleague, a client that may find this conversation useful and can use it in their own life. If you haven't yet followed us on your favorite podcasting platform, go ahead and follow us. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Coach Ajit and you are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit Podcast.